Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by our number one sponsor of all time so far, Sinusoid. I defy another company to sponsor us till the point where they become the number one sponsor and kick Sinusoid off the number one spot. Good luck. It's not going to happen. It would take you forever. But I challenge you because Sinusoid's the best and you'll never beat them. You know, we should probably talk about what they do. You know what they do that we haven't talked about in a while? They do speaker cables and power cables. They sure do. Those are the ropes that connect uh, your speaker to your amp and your amp to the wall. Yep. Those speaker cables are particularly robust. They are the Sasquatch series from Sinusoid. Oh, man. The Sasquatches super, super are thick. ridiculous looking. Like, go look up these cables, these power cables, and these speaker cables. The Sasquatch speaker cables look like no speaker cable you've ever seen in your life. If you want to get real satisfaction from your tone, you need that thick Sasquatch cable. <laughs> Yes, thick cables do bring more satisfaction. And they do do those uh, those nice-looking IECs as well, power cables <laughs> for your amps, delivering I mean, that tech flex. Collect the power. whole set. We all have glass uh, cases in our living rooms where we, uh, we display our collection of sinusoid cables. You might as well add a power cable and a speaker cable to the collection. That's right. Sinusoid, they make cables. And smiles. This episode is also brought to you by Solid Gold Effects. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, they sent me their 76 fuzz, and I had a real blast off with that thing. It's just a Velcro ripping good time. I've got a demo up of it. Go check it out. I do some extra special, fun, new green screen tricks in there that I'm very proud of. So please watch my video. It means a lot to me. Just just watch my video, oh, guys. Oh, guys, Ryan needs a friend. Just, just, <laughs> just watch my... Why won't you watch my video? That's what I want to know. But go check out the video. Uh, go check out the pedal. Um, I don't know if it's still running, but they uh, they put uh, $25 off of the price of the 76 Fuzz uh, the other day when the video launched. So go check out the price. See if you can still get a good deal on it because it is a great fuzz. It does this like really crazy uh, octave thing on the higher notes that just someone in the in the YouTube comments said it makes it sound like the guitar's in pain. And I, <laughs> I completely agree, like in the best way possible. This episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio, makers of the Condor. Uh, I just got this thing in the mail yesterday. I woke up like a kid on Christmas morning today, went into uh, my music room and started messing around with it. And an hour later, I just started messaging Joel Corte of, uh, of Chase Bliss saying uh, all sorts of nice things to him, complimenting him on the pedal because it is pretty dang brilliant. It's a fantastic pedal and I feel like every time I plug it in it does something new and I just can't believe how much ground this one pedal covers it's it's billed as an EQ pedal but I'm going to list off the top of my head things that you can do with it yeah you can EQ shape with it okay. you can you can boost with it those two things aren't surprising uh -huh. you can turn it into this like oscillating uh like filter Okay, so like you, a phaser? Yeah, you can build like modulations with it. It sounds phasery. It can sound kind of like vibrato-ish. It can sound like a harmonic trim. You can make a flat-out like tremolo out of it. You can make a, a tremolo that I think, only, I think you mean tremolo. You can make a, trem, a tremolo that only uh, modulates the low frequencies up and down or the mid frequencies up and down or the high frequencies. Or you can modulate any combinations of those frequencies you can plug in an expression pedal and turn it into a custom wah, like where you control the frequency range and the various sounds that a wah would make. 
Uh, what else can you do? It's it's a drive pedal. It's got a drive section. It sounds fantastic. There's so much this pedal can do. I'm still just like scratching the surface of it. I'm just really blown away by this thing. And uh, Joel was telling me that of all their pedals, this one's got the highest customer satisfaction. He didn't use really. The, he didn't use those boring like marketing words, but he said like yeah like like the least amount of people ride into us confused or complaining about this <laughs> pedal. Like everyone just falls in love with it when they get it. And I see why it's just really incredible. So go check out the, the Condor. I'm going to have a demo of it up very soon this week, not today on Monday, but likely Tuesday or Wednesday is my hope. Hey, this is Ryan. I'm Co. And I'm Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Good job, Steve. You did yeah. it this week. Sorry, we have, I missed that cue. We have special ghost. <laughs> we have special ghost. I said that before. Special ghost uh Co Schneider with us. Ooh. He's a uh, <laughs> he's our uh one of our co-hosts tonight. I'm the coastest with the mostest. Have you ever made that joke that you're a co-host? Yep. Okay, uh, and I don't. I don't feel special anymore. We've had you on the show. A bunch have you of times. ever really felt special in your life? Besides when your wife decided to marry you, me? That was a very special moment. Uh, I guess I felt special then. <laughs> yeah. I felt did, you, did you feel more special that night? Uh, you know, Steve. You know what? I feel special all the time. You're 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 saying that I don't feel special, but I'm just gonna say I always feel special. Right. I feel way more special than everyone else. That's right. Even more special than you, the listener. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone now everyone hates me. <laughs> now uh, so uh what's new, Steve? Uh I got that uh Matthews Cathremist. Yeah. Uh, a while ago, I got to mess around with that for a while. That was a lot of fun. I actually, uh, so it's a. How do you like it? It's uh octave tremolo chorus in one. Sounds fun. And I actually found that I used the tremolo the most out of those three effects the first time I took you it out. You mean the tremolo? Yes, the tremolo. <laughs> uh, the tremola. Tremolo. Yes, I used that one the most. Um, it's really cool. You can set like. Uh, so a lot of the Matthews pedals do this, uh, or at least his modulations do this in like his reverbs where there are two rows, uh, each of knobs, each row controls, uh, parameters for a different effect Uh and you can switch between the two rows. So on the Cthremist and also on the chemist. Basically, you can uh, so ass- assign. So the Cthremist was a, like a special edition that yeah. had tremolo instead of phaser. The chemist has phaser. Um, but you can like, so you can assign like the top row to be octave and the bottom row to be chorus or uh-huh. whatever, right? Or you can have just two different octaves, like two different uh, octaves, one that's like, right, it's two different you know, settings. Whatever. It's like two different settings and you can toggle between them. So uh, that was a lot of fun to mess around with. But I actually, like I said, I found that I used the tremolo the most. Which was surprising because tremolo has always been an effect that like I've struggled to figure out how to use. Hmm. Uh, but I was using it a lot to just give added depth to like uh, pad sounds. Now, do you think you're gonna 
put the uh, the Cthulhu mist up on Reverb for like five hundred, six hundred bucks, and sell it to someone who's outside of the Matthews Effects Innovators Group. Um, you know, all things considered, uh, you the real trick is to put it up for five hundred dollars and sell it to somebody inside. Yeah, the Matthews Effects so that they Innovators keep group. it with, in the family. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I really <laughs> have enjoyed it so far. It's got its quirks, um, but six hundred dollars. But overall, dude. like it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, well, uh, you know. If I do decide to sell it, it will be listed for at least five hundred dollars. Nice. Aim high. And that with the, that's what I do every time I go to the bathroom. <laughs> with the with the plan to sell for no less than that's a bad three twenty five. It makes it sound like I pee all over the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes you special. <laughs> Better than aiming low and just missing completely. Maybe. Hey, I'm. You know me, Steve. I'm pretty tall. If I aim low, it's probably getting in the bowl. That's true. If I aim <laughs> high, who knows what's happening? I'm getting the back of the toilet seat. What about you, Co? What's new? Uh, I joined a podcast. Yeah, you did, and not this one. <laughs> you, you've you become a uh, a regular podcaster, not just a, a special ghost. Part of the, uh, yeah, the rank and file of the industry professionals. You're, an in- <laughs> you're a real industry professional. You already were an industry professional with the One Day Road Show. Yeah. But now you're a media professional. Now you can get that now sweet get that NAN media badge. Yeah, sweet Yeah, because I think as a, as a dealer, you you have to pay to get into NAM. But yeah, now as a media personality, for me. uh, you can get in for free. Yep. So that's, I yeah, I joined up with Paul Pennington, a uh, friend of your show. Of course. I mean, if you joined a guitar podcast, <laughs> there's a good chance that they're already friends of our show. It's part of the family. Yeah. The, the, the 60 cycle home family of podcasts. podcasts. I was, I was, I was actually telling one of my coworkers this today. Um, and I don't know if this happens to you guys, but you know, I will, I will get comments or just like questions like, Oh, did you, did you listen to this episode or whatever? Like I saw a comment you made to some guys where you're like, Oh, Hey, I saw your guys. I listened to your episode today. Shout outs. So I don't listen to the, a lot of the podcasts I used to listen to Uh that are more just like general interest or like politics or science or whatever, because I feel like I got to keep up with all of like my friends podcasts to see what they're talking about. Oh, I can't keep up on them all. I honestly, I listened to flipping flippers today. Just so I could have some sort of mental awareness and talk to you <laughs> of what about it. it. Is. Yeah. You, well, I, you, I, you guys I know what going Flippin' Flippers is, but it's like I'm I'm so behind on everyone's shows. Like, yeah, I don't even listen to our show except for when I'm editing it and I'm running it at two times speed when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I'm editing so much video these days. It's like if I'm listening to a podcast episode, it takes me all day because I'm just pausing it on and off. It takes me all day to listen to one podcast episode. It's yeah, you guys, you guys just started the uh, what's the name of your pedal thing? I forget. Nailed it. That pedal thing. That, that pedal, pedal thing. thing. That's yeah, what it yeah. is. <laughs> um, and that's one. It's I think it's a really cool idea. Two. It's destroying my podcast app. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because like all of a sudden I'm like, wait, why? It, how is it in the course of like three weeks I've received like. 12 episodes of the flipping flippers. Oh man. Yeah, you guys are goosing your numbers with that. Good idea. Good job. Hey, that's what well, that's know. what we do ad week for. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you liking being a podcast host? How many episodes deep are you so far? I am 14 in as a like host. You're legit, dude? Yeah. That's that's what like I 4 do, months? Yes, pretty much since Nam. Yeah. Yeah. I do very little of the actual behind the scenes work. 
Me too. A regular yep. Steve yeah. over here. I press record. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't do even some, do that. <laughs> I do some light editing and then send the track to Paul and he takes care of it. Nice. Yeah. I need to get that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's someone else to do all this stuff. Yeah. Hire out Paul. I know. I right? thought you just like, <laughs> I thought you just had a template and you just apply template and then upload. Uh, not since we started screwing around with new microphones. Oh, well, oh by yeah. the way, uh, I'm running a new microphone on my voice. Uh, thanks to the inner circle. For funding that, they buy us stuff with their money that they give us to us. So yeah, you have a very fancy mic over there. Yeah, good old SM57. Had Steve on the 57 last week, and I was like, you know what? That sounds so much smoother and nicer than my 58. I want a 57. For I me. have a feeling it's really just your voice. Yeah, my voice. Sucks. I don't think I don't <laughs> think this is going to be any better than last week. We got Co on the 58, so if he sounds awful, we'll know it's Boo. the mic's fault. Because normally Co has a velvety smooth. It is true. Just beautiful man voice. It's incredible. Uh, you have any one day shows coming up? I do. I have a one day show in Tracy, California coming up on May 18th. Where is Tracy, California? It's kind of outskirts it's, of Bay Area. It's in the, oh, wow. it's like the armpit of California. <laughs> is Literally. it the armpit? For, yeah. If, if Bakersfield is the crotch, then Tracy is the armpit. That's, that's fair, I guess. Calling, I calling it on I the outskirts of the Bay is kind I of like an insult to the Bay. I don't understand the, the, the physiology of our state. If, no. Bakersfield is the crotch and Tracy but, but is Modesto is the butthole. Modesto is like 40 miles from like, Tracy. I cannot envision the anatomy of our state. Like the things, where's the head? Where's the feet? Our state is a contortionist. Oh my gosh. It's all twisted around. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's San like Diego? some sort of like, it's some sort of like multi-genitalia worm. San Diego is the feet. <laughs> San Diego's the feet. Yes. Cause we keep California moving. <laughs> <laughs> What? I, I don't know. Is that an actual slogan? No. <laughs> but, it, but it should be. It sounds like a slogan for a car dealership. <laughs> Mossy Nissan. <laughs> we keep California moving. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tracy. I've been to Tracy, and that's all I got to say about Tracy. Yeah, been well, I've been through Tracy, I should say, because nobody actually goes there except no, you, apparently. No sexist jokes, guys. Steve just said he's been through Tracy. and <laughs> Not appropriate to make a sex. Tracy joke. could be a dude's name. That's true. I have an uncle, Tracy. Do you really? Yep. I have an aunt. They should get together. Yep. There you go. That's not true. My aunt's married. Keep your uncle away from my aunt. <laughs> my uncle's married right now, too. Oh, man. We got to keep our aunts and uncles away from each <laughs> <Yeah>. other. <laughs> what, if, what if they were double widows? Come on, guys. There you go. Don't I feel be weird. Like I know someone where the, the husband and wife have the same name but different spellings. I can't remember. I've had a customer. Is. That, it might be like Joe. Oh, actually, I knew... Uh, like, I, jo- like Joe and then Joanne or something like I that. knew a pair of Aaron's. Aaron, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, and because of that, she, the female of the Aaron's, uh, did not change her name when they got married because it was already confusing enough. <laughs> did they have the same spelling? <laughs> no, no, like last one was, name. One was double A-Ron and the other one was E-R-I-N. Okay. But... Uh, yeah, when people would call the house, you know, they'd ask for Aaron last name. And so gotcha. that was like the only way they could differentiate. Yeah. I hmm. feel like as here's what I would have done in that situation as the man who's keeping the last name the way God intended. I would change my first name <laughs> and have the wife change the last name, like force her to change. What the would last you change? Name. You would change your first name to Lauren. I would allow my wife to pick my new first name since I'm giving oh. her my last name. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Do you think that's a fair exchange? Maybe that's the no, new way we should do things. Like you both get the same last name, but the spouse who's losing their previous last name gets to pick a new first name for the other spouse. I just solved this uh, societal issue, guys. I feel like Done. that's not a solution. It is a solution. That's going to work until like your wife decides your name should be Batman. Hey, I'll take it. What do you think, <laughs> Steve? What do you think the Melissa boy would have named you? I you think she would have picked a new name for you or I you think no she would idea. keep Steve? And you know, like, you know, the spouse could always just choose to be like, I'm going to let you keep your name because I'm gracious. And you'll be like, well, you're taking the last name. Cause I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Let's move on to regular content. Hey, aren't, no, hold guys, on, hold on. Let's back aren't up. Any, aren't any of you guys going to ask me what's new? Uh, no, because we need to actually talk about uh, one day. Okay. Uh, besides, it's in Tracy. What's your date? May 18th. May 18th. It's the opening day of the Resonating Bodies. Isn't the 18th a Friday? Uh, yes. Mm. Yeah. So you're going to be there only on the Friday? So I will be there on Friday for the one-day event, which is the opening night of the Resonating Bodies guitar exhibit at the which, art Which you hooked center. up with that through Jonathan Fellows, right? Yeah, he's the curator of that. Okay, wow. and Jonathan Fellows, listener of the show, so shout out to Fellows Guitars. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then the next day, so Saturday the 19th, there's going to be a little shindig at the Fellows headquarters where he just built okay, his cool. new shop for building So this guitars. is actually a two-day roadshow. Yep, it's a two-day deal. And, it's a two-day, one day. It's a double we day. We got a two-day, one day. It's a double day. And then the word on the street is that you're taking... It's a one-day, one day. You're taking the uh, the the turd jerks with you. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> the turd jerks are going. The turd jerkers, huh? <laughs> the turd jerkers. That sounds really awful. <laughs> and uh, Hey, I've got a toddler. I get it. The Sometimes you got to get down there and pull a turd out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try and make another joke kids there, don't but have I don't the best, can. Kids don't have the best dietary habits. Like Sometimes <laughs> things go awry, you know? Got to work that out. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do bicycle legs. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you're yeah, like... You do have to do bicycle legs. <laughs> sometimes you're like, kid, eat this mac and cheese. And your kid's like, but dad, I only want to eat fruits and vegetables. <laughs> but father, I love broccoli. <laughs> uh, yeah. And... uh so uh, yeah, uh, Brian and Kyle, is it both Brian and Kyle f- yep. from the Tone Jerks? Very They're going to cool. be there, and uh, Clifton Worley is flying out. What? Yeah. what? He's like, hey, I'm going to fly out. The Worley bird himself. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. That's crazy. Whirl on out here to, to California for a weekend. I'm jealous <laughs> that I'm not going. I never get to go anywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah you'll totally be uh, super Don't uh, say sad it, about yeah. not being I can't, there, I'm I can't sure. go there because reasons. <laughs> Okay, that, that's fine. Co, I, did, I, I didn't invite you. Anyway. Co, I can't go. <laughs> Steve, you want to go? But I'm sad. I'm not. Going. Oh, I'm, I have kids. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> that's not an excuse. <laughs> Steve, I need to teach you the ways of being a bad father. <laughs> uh, I do that plenty Monday through Friday. Uh, softball Monday. <laughs> Uh, Drinky Steve Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Try to redeem myself Wednesday. Drinky Thursday. Podcast Friday. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get into uh, an ad. Do it. Yeah. Do it. We do ads first, right? We do an ad first. This first ad was sent by Cameron Barami. It's a doozy. Uh, here we go. Looking for it. Looking for it. Uh, You're there, Co. You found I it. Found it. 
Uh, it just says guitar carving and refinishing. There, I'm putting this out there to see if anyone's interested. That's all it says. Yep. Uh, it's a Facebook Marketplace ad. Someone posted a whole bunch of pictures of their previous work, the previous uh, refinishing and modding they've done to all kinds of guitars. Um, oh, all those moon ones are his too? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's one guitar there. That's a progression. Okay. So, so, so this guy basically, he takes guitars and then... He does things to them that generally get the disapproval of the it's only a dollar community. Well, the dollar is like, let me do this to your guitar. Let's figure out a price. Like um, that's what he's saying with the one dollar. So mark. the okay. one, the first picture is a Kramer Strat thing. He's actually off to a semi acceptable start with mm-hmm. this one compared to all the others. Still, when I saw this, I was like, oh no, poor baby. Not that like. A Kramer, like just Strat, needs to be preserved forever. But this one actually looks kind of fun to me. I, re- I really like the body. The body's kind of got this. Do you like uh, the before body or the after body? I like the after body. Okay, you like it's the after body. It's kind of got this like. Uh, In the middle picture. It's kind of like got it. like a bit base six thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, I like, or, the, I like the middle like color wise. but like I don't a Mando think, caster I don't almost. think the final is bad. Yeah, well, well, let's explain what we're looking at here. If sure. you're not seeing the pictures uh, in the uh, episode description. You can see him there. Uh, he's taken what's a normal strap body, and he's cut the lower horn to be a little stub. And then he sanded the whole thing down and gave it a pretty, I'll, I'll say, sloppy stain and clear coat to mm-hmm. it. And he gave it a perloid pickguard. Oh, and he also completely reshaped the headstock because it had like your standard pointy Kramer headstock on it. And he did this weird, uh, like Strat meets Reverend sort of. I think thing. I think that's where yeah. it goes wrong. He added wood to that headstock yeah. to make it do that. He took wo- he took the point off and then added wood underneath it. Um, this really funky and really weird. Um, the body concept isn't that weird, but the, I think the execution just is not as good as the original guitar. Like, with every guitar, he ruins it, in my opinion. Like, he makes it less good. All right, well, I mean, so you got okay. that one. The next one is a Les Paul. Looks like Do you a- guys agree or disagree uh, on that Kramer Strat? Is it is it less good than it was before mm-hmm. in, in conventional standards? I think if, if it was just the body, I would be okay with it if it had, like, a regular, like, Fender-style headstock. Even if yes. it had the original headstock on it, I think it would be okay. I think well, was- in the, the one in the middle position which i don't think is the same one is it It no it is how though it's a progression it's but so he cut that bottom horn yeah and then repainted the burst and then it's not i don't think that's a repaint i think it's just a strip and he sanded that's like him mid sanding it yeah so i he stripped Uh, the body i thought that was a glare no gotcha it's just a, anyway. A I like that headstock version better. There, yeah, the middle headstock. <laughs> yeah, the middle. It's kind of like weird. The transitional period. Yep. It's kind of weird because it's soft and normally like a soft headstock. Like usually, you either want like a tr- traditional Fender or a full-on pointy. Yeah. I feel like the soft headstock is okay I, here. Kind of like hockey stick. This all the all the pictures in this ad deserve the Silence of the Lamb treatment. <laughs> I forget the the actual movie. It was one of the sequels where there's the serial killer who's like. Here's a guitar. Do you see? Now it's changing. Do you see? Have you guys seen this movie? No, I have no, no idea. What now it's about. new. Do you see? And he's like showing pictures of like his victims, like in different stages of being mangled, basically. 
That's okay. what, that's what wow. I feel about this guitar. People I watch who comedies. Have, people who have watched this movie are like, yeah, Ryan's explaining this really well right now, but you guys look at me like I'm a psychopath. I'm on like my fourth trip through the office, my second <laughs> trip through Parks and Rec, and like my oh, fourth man. or fifth trip through Arrested Development. I can't right hang now. with Parks and Rec. What? We'll get into that later. All right, so the next guitar <laughs> in this sequence of, of tragedy here. So it's an Epiphone Les Paul... Um, What's this model? It's not it's, this junior. It's the kind with two humbuckers, two knobs, uh, and a regular Les Paul bridge. It's like and the LP tail. LP one. Is that the LP one hundred? Something like that. I'm LP not gonna two. Specific. It's like the Les Paul two. I think. Yeah. Anyway, uh, apparently this guy really likes the moon. Yeah, he carved, and it's a deep carve. It looks like that it's is. like half an inch deep into the body. He did like this moon face. It has a goatee. Or a beard? A chin beard? A bearded moon? Yeah. That's going to be the episode title right there, Bearded Moon. I'm writing That's that a down. pretty good beard for that moon. It's a pretty good uh, moon beard. But then you go to the last one, and, like, there's... Um, well, the, oh, like, before he even, like, carved this moon thing into it, he completely reshaped the body, too. Right? Yeah. He completely stripped it. He cut the top horn he made, off. He made it double cut. The he, waist is narrower. He made the waist super narrow. And he he mangled the bottom horn as well. Mm-hmm. He made it he made it symmetrical. But I'll Almost. say like the finished shape, the finished outline, is a concept I wouldn't be surprised to see on a production guitar. Okay, it's got kind of like a hippie like uh, Grateful Dead sort of thing going on. Yeah, right. So then the finished is, is he doesn't show the finished project. No, he does. No, he doesn't, because no. there's no well, neck or pickups or hardware sure, on it. Sure, But the guitar he's painted black, the cutaway that he's made has, like, flames going up underneath the bridge hardware because the moon and flames go together. So that's the thing that, yep. the, so that's the thing that really makes the least sense to me is, okay, it's the moon, but the moon is spitting fire. We got a hot moon here, guys. Hot, hot moon. Hot moon. Hot moon. Yeah, the bearded moon is spitting fire in it's like this really terrible glitter job. And I know bad glitter when I see it because I've done enough of it myself. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then there's other moons further up on the body. Less, I, lesser moons. Yeah, lesser moons. I don't understand the concept at all. Uh, I hope someone likes this guitar and loves it. All right, the last one is, uh, is, is another Epiphone. Epiphone uh, Dot, Dot Studio. So this is the studio model. A really nice it's color, got, too, a nice uh, cream color. Yeah. yeah, it's only got one pickup in it because the other one's already been taken out. And he strips it and um, re-stains it. This actually reminds me of, um, was it... Somebody in the guitar mod con- in the guitar mod com- contest sure, sure. sent us something like this that they did from a kit. Yeah, but that right. was a kit. Like, this isn't an expensive guitar starting out, but I just hate this finish on it. Like, I I think that if he had stained it like this splotchy, lazy looking sort of stain where obviously he he doesn't know really how to stain wood. I think if he left left it raw and kind of matte finish so it could get some wear on it, Mm -hmm. that would have been more for it. He puts this dark gloss on it. Yeah. And it just looks like it was dipped in crude oil. <laughs> yes. So do you think... Uh, but not in a good way. Like, if you imagined dipping a guitar in crude oil and having it coming, coming out looking cool, then that's not the image. Like, you right. need to go look at the picture. Here's a question I have. 
Uh-huh. So in the ad, of course, it says one dollar. Yeah. Um, how much do you think is? How much do you think you would expect somebody who's expecting who wants to like break even would be asking for these guitars? You mean for the seller? As a seller, like the guy doing the service, right? To break even on his time, too. Sure. Yeah, say time's the hard oh, part. Oh God! Like, say you are, say you are a perf- actual. Let's assume. Let's assume he paid two hundred dollars each for these guitars, which is probably accurate. Um, Actually, that Epiphone's like a hundred dollars. Sure, but, but yeah. let's just assume this is a, a thought experiment here. So he paid two hundred dollars for that dot. For his time. I bet he spent a lot more time than someone who knows how to refinish guitars would spend stripping it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he spent more time staining it and finishing it, even though it didn't turn out like a good job. I bet he's got at least 10 hours, 15 hours into each guitar, somewhere like that. Wow. That looks like 15 hours of work to you? It, for some, As someone who has done these things before mm-hmm. without knowing what he was doing to achieve the kinds of results that this guy's getting... Especially with like that carved one. Yeah. That's, yeah, 10 to 15 hours. That one I can see. The it's dot, totally like, the dot. it's totally like hobby level trial and error through each like st- stage of it, trying to figure out what you're doing. And like if we value his time at minimum wage in California, which is what, like 1150? I have no idea. It's 12. something like that. So, so what? Then he's adding 120, 150 bucks to each guitar. So three hundred and fifty bucks for that Epiphone. Mm. How cheap would these have to be for you to be like, ah, uh, maybe for the, it would be a pound fifty dollars. It would be a pound puppy situa- <laughs> situation. Like you, those guitars are rescues for sure. Like, well, if I saw this dot in this finished condition, it would have to be fifty dollars for me to buy it and be like, yeah, I could do something with that that I like more. Yeah. I mean, I could see myself picking that up. I would pick that up for 50 bucks and do my paint pen thing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I know you guys sound positive towards it. That Kramer is done, in my opinion. I'm not, I don't have any interest in it. I don't like the final product. Yeah. I, I would totally pay 100 bucks for the, the Kramer in its pristine condition. I think that's a cool guitar. Hmm. Uh, and that Epiphone, I would not take that. The moon? The moon. I would not take it. No. Yeah, I'm not into If that. He, he was handing it to me, I'd be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just like, nah, bro. Nah, dog. Nah, thank you. Uh, yeah, you find someone else who wants, find anyone who wants it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about it. What do you guys nope. have to say? I don't know. I, I think... Uh, Think if this guy's asking any more than the value of the guitars by themselves, uh, it's kind of a. I think that the I ad think is for can... his service, right? Yeah. Not for these guitars in particular. So he wants you to give him hand over a guitar of yours to do his thing to, and then you pay him money to do that. Like, yeah, that's ludicrous. I I, I appreciate that this guy has aspirations and wants to, you know, do fun things with guitars, but I don't think. He has enough distance from his own work to realize how bad it is. Yeah, the quality of his own work. I think it's a lot worse than he thinks it is, uh, because it is not great, in my opinion. And I don't. I maybe he's a listener. This hasn't happened yet, where we really dog on someone, and it turns out they're a listener. If you are a listener, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the person to break it to you, but uh, 
keep trying, keep working on it. Yeah. Uh, well, like I like, said, I like thought- come, come to market with something that photographs really well. Like I said, I, I, I think the Kramer, like the, the concept there is okay-ish until you get to that headstock. Uh, I think the Dot Studio, that's just a basic strip and refin. Yeah. Uh, it just, you know, if it the just dot needs, is, it just needs work. The dot is salvageable. The mm-hmm. whole like, so you could you could give it, whole, you could give it a nice sand and a, a refinisher could spray it, but by the time you do that, you could just buy a new dot. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's. You do we want to get into our first topic? Yeah. How are we going to do this? Um. Well, hand me that guitar. We have some pedals here. So far away. Co, I'll, get Co, I'll get it. I'll get it. Co's going to get You're it. You're the one responsible for that guitar anyways. You brought a guitar from your road show. Yeah, here. this is uh, from what's the company is uh, Whale. Whale Hazard? Whale Hazard. One word. Whale Hazard. Whale Hazard. Whale Hazard. It's a beaut. Whale Hazard. I was playing it earlier, too. It feels this really is nice. a offsetish looking burst. It's called the Andromeda, says Co, who's off mic, so you probably can't hear him. Um, is the amp off? I don't know. Oh, no. there it is. So uh, we got uh, right now. We're running through the Chase Bliss Condor, the Solid Gold seventy six, and and the Korg Tone King machine. <laughs> Miku. <laughs> Who sent that to us? Uh, David uh, Yossi? David Yossi. Yossi. We've got a fourth host in the room. We've got Miku with us. <laughs> we don't usually play on this show, but uh, every now and then it's fun to do. Maybe we need to make this part of our normal thing. I was I was telling someone what they should do with the Miku, or maybe it feels a, like there's an alien in the room. I think I was telling you we should have run like an aux send off of the Zoom through the Miku and then back into the Zoom just to record everything we say running through the Miku. <laughs> I know we're really like we're good three Whoop. years behind the curve. On covering the Miku, but I'm I'm happy she's here with us now. Yeah, every other like podcast and pedal show on the internet has already I'm, I'm gonna, gone down this road. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the one uh, guitar item that I found where it's okay to refer to the set object as her. Oh, absolutely! This is definitely a she object. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is. This is this is my favorite setting. Is this the yum yum setting? This is the neon setting. Uh, neon is Japanese for cat. It's really like touchy, like it doesn't want to go. I don't know what settings you put the condor on, so I don't know what it's about what it's about to sound like. Let's goose the volume a little bit on it. So 
such a funky pedal. Go ahead and flick some switches. Get weird with it. Rack the frequency knob back and forth. It probably doesn't make a lot of sense in a podcast form because you can't <laughs> see it, but Steve is just furiously twisting knobs and flicking switches. <laughs> it's such a cool pedal. Uh, maybe after we run through this fuzz real quick, too, maybe, Kelly, you want to grab some of your stuff off okay. the floor here, and we'll mess around with that, too. Here's the 76 fuzz. <laughs> on there you go stupid <laughs> steve is unplugging stuff now and plugging in this uh really cute little board that uh that co brought with him we just lost our headphone feed didn't need that anyway yeah we don't need that there we go there it is so this thing's super cool this is um the Battleverse octave step um the evil tone pi and the Maris Mercury 7. So um, are these all companies that you're working with right now? Or the Maris is yours, right? The Maris is just, yeah, I put it on there because I thought you would have fun with it with the Octostep. So let's spend about like five minutes with this and then move on to the next one. Sure. Step. So basically, uh, I mean, we'll do the Evil Tone first because it's pretty straightforward. High uh, style, uh, Big Muff style fuzz. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the Mercury 7 is a, uh, it's a pretty versatile reverby thing. There it is.
Then I suppose the Metalverse Octostep isn't like a guitar effect per se. Yeah, it's more like a random synth generator. Yeah, sure. It's a noisemaker. Well, I mean, it's not it's not random, so it's an eight-step um, synthesizer, basically. Yeah. Um, so you set each... You can set, like, the frequency for each one of the steps. Oh, I see. And it's just going to cycle through, but if you hit the switch you tried to hit initially... Oh, sorry, that's the shape. Um, <laughs> this thing has about a dozen knobs and switches and lights on it. Yeah, the knob to dollar ratio on oh, this, this pedal is, is amazing. This is the one I'm looking for. Oh, there we go. So if you turn the rate all the way up, it just basically engages all eight steps at once. It sounds like <laughs> something from Star Trek. I've never had so much fun watching other people play with pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds great. <laughs> well, you can play along with it, too. Is it running into the fuzz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's running straight through. created a genre. Whoa, that sounds cool. side and he's <laughs> waving at me like trying to beckon me to come through and he's gone <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were uh, any listeners were curious what they'll accept as songs for the end of the episodes that qualifies that qualifies we will play that at the end all right i think we've done it we've done our little pedal experiment here Put this guitar back code before I damage this beautiful thing. This is the kind of stuff that like I want to do at home, but I live in a condo complex, and also I have two kids. You just can't open up portals to hell at home, like not yeah, in, not yeah. in a condo. Like it's not fair. You're gonna lose your security deposit. <laughs> uh, so next ad is this ukulele that I spotted. Uh, oh no! Actually, we are not doing an ad right now, Ryan. You jump in the game. Oh, are we doing, doing housekeeping? Doing a little housekeeping. Right, you do that. I'm gonna go get some water. Yeah, give me, me a water, water too. Yeah. I'll, okay, I'll get you guys all water. All right, Thank cool. you. Uh, I want to make a big shout out to Jamie Davis, who's back uh, supporting yeah. us at the inner circle level. No, he stopped for a while because uh, his wife had a kid, and he decided that it would be more fiscally responsible to put ten dollars a month towards his child than to put it towards the show. Lame. Um, <laughs> uh, and then he supports the flipping flippers as well. So and uh, also, you know, it's it's actually it's funny. Like I've noticed that like a lot of the people who support our show like support 
all the shows. Yeah. So I'll hear their names dropped on Gear Slum. I'll hear their names dropped on, on uh, I think Tone Jerks are doing Patreon now. I've heard mm-hmm. some of our guys, our, our guys, like guys who support my show um, on there, Flippin' Flippers, uh, Guitar Nerds. Sometimes yep. I, every once in a while, there's been like a couple guys who are like, I know are super active in the 60 Cycle Home Group. But I keep hearing like their name on the support drop for Guitar Nerds. I'm yeah. like, what the hell, guys? <laughs> what the hell? Um, but no, I, I mean, you know, support who you support. It's cool. I'm just glad. Actually, with the fa- when the Facebook group is active, like, that's exciting for me. Um, because it's, it's you know, it feeds into the show. And I think there very much is a symbi- symbiotic relationship between the Facebook group and the 60 Cycle Hum podcast. Totally. Um, and then uh, Ian Ferguson Ferguson uh, also started supporting the show at not quite the inner circle level, um, just slightly below. Um, so very cool. Uh, Jamie, I'm pretty sure I already sent you a shirt, so I'm not going to send you another shirt. But Ian, uh, I will get something out to you sooner-ish. Eventually. Then later. Er, I hope. Uh, I've got a backlog of shirts that I owe people right now, and um, March, April were kind of just a wash for me as far as shipping was concerned, but uh, May could be promising, maybe. We'll see. Uh, It's definitely at least on my radar to get some shipping done. Water. Hey, what are you guys talking about? Oh, you know, just money. You. Oh, what are you saying about money? You got some water. It's a gas. Are you done doing the uh, house? Yeah, let's talk about this foldable ukulele. It came from the Guitar Nerds group. We are now stealing ads from other Facebook groups. Hey, hey, we never steal. It's not stealing, it's liberating. Uh, we are liberating content from other groups. We've been we've been taking stuff from like ugly guitars and awesome cheap guitars. Yeah, but like they that. don't have podcasts. Well, uh, maybe they need to get on it. It's not my uh, fault. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, uh, this says hello to everyone. My name is Leonardo. Me and two friends of mine have launched a new beautiful foldable ukulele on Kickstarter, and we would like to share our project with you to get some opinions and comments. As a guitarist, would you like to have a little string instrument always ready in your pocket? Um, to start playing every time you feel the rising passion for music. Thanks. Here's a link to our campaign. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think this might be a lot cooler than it sounded when you pitched it to me. <laughs> well, I watched <laughs> the video for it. You haven't seen the video. That's have you? true. Co, did you look at the video on this? I did not know there was a video for this. Okay. I'm the only one who's done any research because you guys didn't find out about it until I suggested it in the pre up here. But anyways, <laughs> it's uh, you've seen like foldable guitar concepts before, right? Yeah. The, the neck folds. Yeah, I'm sure this was just posted in Guitar Nerds because Joe Branton loves, he loves travel, travel stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it looks pretty cool. I like the look of it. I like the like the outer spacey kind of sci-fi definitely like wings to it. Look at the pictures in the episode description, guys. Um I don't mind the concept of a folding ukulele, I guess. But then my initial thought on it, and you guys can argue with me on this point if you want, or you can agree with me. Um ukuleles are already small. They are. Sure. Like, why do you need to make them any smaller? Like, even if you make a ukule- ukulele half as small, it's not that big of a size well, difference. Chihuahuas Dude. are small, right? 
Do you want a, a dog that's half the size of a Chihuahua? They're already small. Why did my great grandpa breed the runts to try and breed the smallest Chihuahua he could? No. Why not? Does he sell them? He sells. No, he didn't. Little, it was just a hobby. Did any of them survive? <laughs> Can a dog that small survive? Co is making head gestures, indicating the answer to my question, and I'm not going to reveal the answer. <laughs> Use your imagination to figure out if a dog smaller than a Chihuahua could survive outside the womb. The puppies could fit inside a matchbox. What? Those aren't puppies. Those are... This is getting real dark real quick. All right. Uh, Foldable ukuleles. Foldable ukuleles. (laughs) Let's not talk about dead puppies anymore. I, I, you know, I think Man, that thing, portal you opened is... I'm getting sucked into it. I think the thing that makes this work more than the just like guys saying... kind of nice. More than just saying like, oh, guitars are all... Or ukuleles are already small. Is that like the the wings per se of it? Sure, the body is smaller. So it, it shrinks in multiple directions. Yeah. It, you told me it couldn't fit in your pocket, but he says right there in your okay. pocket. It's not going to fit in... Uh, you're wearing jeans, Co. Yes. I don't know. He's yeah, got a, he's how got, hard is it for you to get your keys out of your pocket when you're sitting down? Not easy. Yeah. You think you're going to get a ukulele in and out of your pocket in your Maybe. jeans pocket? He's talking about like a pocket on like a summer dress, <laughs> like a big, expansive, like fabric pocket. I don't know, man. You know, I kind of okay. want this only so, you know, off my off chance, somebody will say to me, Hey, man, is that a ukulele in your pocket? Even those little <laughs> dumb strum stick things don't fit in your pocket. Like, my phone barely fits in my pocket. Yeah, you got a mighty large yeah, I phone got, here. I got the big one. Make fun of me later. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to make fun of you for having the big one. Okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so the way that this folds, because I sat there watching the video for a long time, like trying to figure out how it works, because he just like grabs the body and snaps the neck back and the neck folds behind the body. Uh-huh. The bridge of the ukulele slides forward on like these rails. Oh, okay. Oh, I that's see how that. it works. Yeah. So cool. I, the, in the video example, like he folds it and then snaps it back into position and it's ready to go again. It's ready to play. Do you think that the tuners and the strings are stable enough to? It's a ukulele. Just snap back into tune. Like I don't. I don't see I'd be it. really curious to try one to see how. I mean, so here's reliable the thing. it is in that respect. It is on on the I'm looking at the Kickstarter and they claim that this is thirty or twenty two centimeters shorter than the uh a standard soprano ukulele. Twenty two centimeters, Ryan. When it's folded? Yeah, twenty two centimeters sure. when it's folded. Uh I I wanna make a cold duke joke here, but I guess I'm not gonna be prompted for it. Uh but twenty two centimeters is roughly like nine inches so i mean i think that's pretty significant oh, so that's it's a, not that big that's about a third a re- third reduction <laughs> in, in length um so it's like 30 basically it's it becomes 28 point, oh sorry it's a 14 uh 13 30 sorry 23 centimeter reduction Whatever. If we're Just saying that it, it is folding basically in half, and you're counting the bit of headstock that that goes over the edge there, so this is like a ten inch object when it's folded, right? Um, a little more, like maybe thirteen inch. You think object you can fit it? Folded. Co, don't snicker when I ask this. You think you can fit a ten inch object in your in your pocket? No. <laughs> we have it there, folks. Co can't. 
fit a 10 inch object in his pocket. Sure can. But that means it's not pocket sized in a conventional sense. Like in the video, they don't show people putting it in their pocket. They show them putting it in their backpack or like in their computer bag. So I think Wait, I did. Back I, pocket. I think I just found where this breaks. I don't for think me. it's going to fit in a back pocket. I think I just found where this breaks for me is that the, too much girth. the Kickstarter price on this is 250 euro, which Ooh, is ballpark. I want to say like $300. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying though. Ukule- it's electric though, right? That's for the electric version. A ukulele is already small, but he, but even for like the acoustic only version of it, it's like you're looking at like two hundred fifty. I watched the video. They did not provide an an adequate example of it sounding good acoustic. The example they showed of it being played acoustically sounded like it was very thin and very quiet. Mm. It sounded good when they had it plugged in. Because it's got pickups on it. Right. Uh, but I don't think it's going to sound good acoustically. There's just not enough body there. There's not enough soundboard there. And like I said, ukuleles are already small. What, how much is that F-Zone ukulele that, that we got a while back, Steve? Uh, I think new. It's like $55. Like 50 bucks. This thing wants to be 230 250 something like that. Yeah. For the acoustic version. Almost feel like it would be a better product just as the ukulele without the folding thing like because it's a cool look it's a cool look like i would buy if i was looking for an electric ukulele mm-hmm. i would rock that as an electric ukulele if you were in for a that spa- look like a space surf rock band yeah, an yeah. outer space ukulele band mm-hmm. absolutely so here's a sidebar these guys talk about passion a lot um they talk about different things their kickstarter is actually like really nice i'm, I'm not really looking at any of the videos i'm assuming it's them in the videos maybe um, but the thing that I've noticed a very, a very much extreme lack of, um, in the videos is any discussion of like where they came up with this idea. Does that matter? I matters. I mean, cause there's already foldable guitars out there. It's not a new concept. Well, so here's what I mean is like, I'm going through and I'm kind of skimming things. I'm looking for keywords uh-huh. and then I get down to the team. And the first person who's a team, uh, we got a one-person team here. It's a, actually a four-person team. I guess the first person says uh, that uh, they want that they feel like this project reflects their passion for ukulele and the world of music. Um, but they're a project manager with a degree in economics. And this is also like their skill set, I guess. One person says that they're a production manager with. High, uh, experience in high precision production uh, not really much discuss discussion about ukulele one person says they're an architecture student with a passion for graphics and communication and the last person says that they're also an architecture student with uh, capabilities and passion for design and digital graphics so it it's, sounds like there's like it's one a college project yeah it sounds like it's one person who's like uh, interested in ukulele and the world of music and three guys who are like, oh, yeah, like we could build something fun because we build things. But doesn't it actually sound like even the ukulele guy, like the fact that the first thing he says is like, oh, yeah, like I have a degree in economics. and I want to invest my skill in a project like that kind of I don't know, like something about this. I don't I don't think this is necessarily bad. I'm not saying that this means that these instruments are bad. In fact, the the fact that they have a team of three designers building what is effectively a very simple instrument means it could be very good. Sure. Uh, but it's just, to me, it's interesting to see 
something where it almost looks like somebody like what is passion for ukulele? Like I I, I guess like I don't. It means the same thing when if we were to say we have passion for guitars. It's like that explains why we are constantly buying all this new crap that we don't need. Like, I guess the, if if we if we were just kind of like eh about guitars, we might have one or two guitars and like a simple amp. But rig, I guess it's know, what yeah. it's a thing where like I look through. But instead, we have a passion and we're drowning under. I equipment. look through <laughs> the pictures and I look through different things and I think to myself. You know who might have a passion for ukulele is like Jason Mraz might have a passion for ukulele. Like he recorded a one of the biggest hit songs of all time on ukulele, or you know that Israel whatever dude sure, that sure. did somewhere of the rainbow. That guy's probably what? got a passion for ukulele. What is your point? These guys just kind of seem like <laughs> oh yeah, like I picked up I picked up ukulele in college to like pick up chicks. <laughs> like to all you gotta to, do to score to, score one with the ladies. All you gotta do to pick up chicks is lift with your knees. <laughs> Everyone, that's Ryan's romance advice minute. Nice for this episode. Lift with your knees. Uh, I'm done talking about this thing. How about you guys? I'm done. Here's sure. here's my final thoughts. A, a a foldable ukulele is just as necessary as a foldable harmonica. It's already small, guys. Coast coast <laughs> like deep in thought, contemplating. Remember that, remember that last bad idea that you had that kick, I took? Kickstarting a foldable harmonica company. Yeah, I feel like a foldable. I feel like I could like pull off a fold. No, they'd be too thick. Yeah, there's no reason to fold it. It's yeah. already small, and folding it is just going to make it bigger in a different direction. You know, Maybe that's the same the thing with this. You need it to be bigger, and I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, this this topic was asked on our call out for topics. Is Jeff Hunick? Uh, he says, is there really an amp that isn't a good pedal platform? Wouldn't that just be a bad amp in general? Um, and uh, actually, I guess uh, Jason Fuzzmonger already answered it the way that I'm going to answer it. Um, but I think this is an interesting topic and something we can talk yeah. about. Is um, Basically, Jason says what I would say, which is there's plenty of amps that aren't good pedal platforms, but that doesn't make them bad amps. It just means they're very specifically tuned amps. Well, what what do we mean when we say pedal platform? Are we saying an amp that that takes certain pedals well or that that shines better with pedals? Or are we talking about an amp that just is a loud box that's clean and takes all pedals? I, or all of the above? Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I think generally, um, I think, you know, there are amps that are bad with certain pedals. Notoriously, I think the biggest one uh, off the bat is I always hear that Vox pedal or Vox amps are really bad with tube screamers because Vox amps tend to already be right. uh, very like mid-focused to begin with. So they just don't do well with with tube screamer mid-humped effects. Right. Um, that being said, uh, you know, they play decently well with other kinds of effects. It really um, depends on what you want to do, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Cause even like, you know, the genty guys and the metal guys, they are using an amp that it usually is already pushed. Right. And, you know, into tube distortion, amp distortion, and they'll still use like a tube screamer yeah. to cut through. Cut, well, and even cut through that muddy mess. And even yeah. with that, like it, you know, it's it all depends what your what your cent, center is. You know, if you're getting too much centaur, 
Centaur. Centaur. Centaur? I'm gonna. Just... <laughs> uh. You, you know, think they use a centaur? Well, you think about you think about. Uh, I mean, some of those guys probably do <laughs> uh, if they got the money. An alpha um, centauri. You think about a guy like or a beta when uh, Zach mm-hmm. Wild did his his. Uh, he had his custom speaker that was like a two hundred watt EV twelve. I think right, 200, right, 250, okay. 300 watt EV twelve speaker, right? And the whole idea there was like when you think about like your classic like. Uh, three or four, you know, four by 12. That's a, a quad of vintage thirties is a very like classic Marshall uh, speaker configuration or like greenbacks. Mm-hmm. So you have, what's a greenback? What did Green- you call me? Gre- what? <laughs> no, that would be pink back <laughs> and front. Um, so, so the greenback I want to say is like a 30 or 40 watt speaker. Uh, so you have four of them. You're at 100, 120 watts of handling on, on your cabinet. But the Zach Wild cabinets were designed to handle like three or 400 watts. Um, and the whole thing with that was like he wanted a speaker that wasn't going to distort ever. Like no matter like how high he turned up like yeah. his Marshall. Just all headroom. Like 100 watt or 200 watt or whatever Marshall he was using. Yeah, he wasn't going to fart he, out the speaker. The speaker was never going to fart out. Yeah. Um, so I guess like those speakers could be like pr- the perfect speakers for your pedal platform. I don't know. For sure. Um, but, but it's all, it's all conceptual and, and it's all really what you need. And some amps, um, my, um, I can't think of a, a single amp that you could not use any pedals with. Like there's, there's amps where well, it's like, like even like you think about like a Marshall Plexi, that you know it's famous for just like turning up getting real high gain with it and it's just a big loud nasty amp like like you still can push it with the tube screamer to get more compression more like singing tone you can still like eddie van halen it and uh eddie van halen it and put a phaser before it and things like that like you're you're not gonna run you know like stacked you know praise and worship style delays before it Nah. But you can still use some pedals with it. Well, I don't. Th- I think that's the difference between being. I think that's a, that would be an example of an amp that's not a good pedal platform, but is still a good amp. Right. Right. Um, you know, my uh, my aunt has a uh, Harmony. I think it's a Harmony H440, which is like a little like one by eight four watt tube amp. That's a you know a thousand jwus um but i forget the range of that scale but uh it's arbitrary uh thank you um but like if you ever wanted to use that outside of your bedroom like it's a terrible pedal platform sure sure my ac4 if you're not careful just sounds terrible with pedals yeah so you know um i i we talked about i talked mentioned this when we were talking about this a little bit before the show is uh, I have that, like, the Wong's Mini 5. Uh-huh. And I use that thing at church, and it's perfect. I, I turn it up, maybe, like, the volume. Actually, I keep the volume super low, but it, it still works. I, I've been running the volume, like, below 9 o'clock the last couple times I used it. That's um, early in the morning. Um, I know. Um, and uh, and so it works, and, and at that level, it stays clean. But if I ever wanted to use that, like, for an actual um, gig, like... You know, I'd have to 
recognize and, and it'd probably be fine for the sound that I'm going for that everything is going to be a little dirty. Yeah. That like, if I want a clean sound, like I can't use, I can't, I have to play very controlled. Sure. If I'm going to use like, if I want that, like a humbucker tone, then I have to play controlled because if I dig in at all, like my amp's going to distort. Right. Um, which is fine. Like that's, you know, that's that classic, like edge of breakup sound. But yeah. in the case of that amp, most of the range of that amp is edge of breakup sound. Sure. And that makes for a classically bad pedal platform. Yeah. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, you've probably already done it getting late in the night, not paying attention here, <laughs> but I'd, I'd say that a pedal platform amp, like the definition of it is that as an amp that can just like, it's just a big, clean, loud box and it can take whatever you throw it at it and you're using it to just amplify the uh, the signal processing you're doing on your pedal board, whether that be drive or distortion or delays or where, whatever, where I guess what you would call a an amp that's not a good pedal platform, yeah, you could use pedals with it, but you can't use all pedals with it and have a desirable outcome, I right. guess. Like certain drives won't work with it very well uh, if because you're running the amp or who's to decide what is very well? Or oh, not. sure, sure. I mean, it's all subjective. Like, you could just love just blasting, you know, some big Ampeg with so much fuzz and boost that it just sounds like a sustained, like, whale fart. Yeah. You might love that, and that's fantastic, but it's not like a conventional use. And so I think most people would be like, oh, that's not great sound right now. I don't know. It's also the problem with it is it's also subjective, guys. Yeah, we all got our own ears. Yeah, I've been trying to sell my AC15 because I just don't enjoy playing it, and it sounds fine. You haven't been able to sell that. I get why people like it, but I don't like the way it sounds with my guitar. I don't like the way it sounds with pedals. I just don't enjoy it. I don't even think I realized that you still had that. Yeah, I've been trying to sell it. I'm not getting any takers. I wish I didn't pay so much for it. I wish I'd haggled more. I guess. Did you pay like? top dollar no no i did like a package deal and it came with a speaker which also won't sell hmm. a blue a celestial blue and it won't sell yeah that's Weird. actually pretty surprising i need to put it on reverb it won't neither of them will sell locally yeah. apparently the but local I, market is it's lame right yeah it's now. lame right now but i bet i could sell that speaker on reverb pretty dang quick so I have a box for it. I just need to do it do you, yeah. is your box like a speaker shipping box yeah so it's got all the bouncies uh, no, but it's, it's the right size. Oh, okay. I have plenty of packing material around mm-hmm. to make it work. Gotcha. Yeah. Do we want to uh, tackle the last ad and get the heck out of here? No, I want to recording... make some, I want to make some money. All right, mention our sponsors. Uh, let's uh, give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Solid Gold Effects. Yeah, boy. Uh, you got that seventy six fuzz up, uh, but I heard a rumor that we might be putting out some more Solid Gold Effects demos mm-hmm. soon. All right. Uh, <laughs> we also got Chase Bliss. We I got like the them Condor, too. which is uh, crazy, uh, but also like straightforward uh eq slash filter slash it's got a little drive setting it's got a little slash, bit of slash wah slash, slash boost slash yeah it does so much stuff it's ridiculous yep i can't and, wait to demo this thing and of course last but not least we got sinusoid with the sasquatch series sinusoid. speaker and power cables uh if you're looking for a speaker cable or a power cable those are your guys 
if you're looking, those soy boys. If you're looking to support a cable company for life that's going to support you for life, Sinusoids, your guys. Go check them out. All right. This last ad was sent by Cody Hanlon. It's a 36-foot guitar with a 9-foot amp. <laughs> it's got a Hard Rock Hotel logo on it. It's a Les Paul with three knobs and a wraparound tailpiece. That's weird. I don't think it looks like this thing will intonate at all. That bridge is got a pretty hot angle on it. I don't yeah. really understand the the nine foot amp because it looks like it's got room for people to stand the on amp it. Amp looks like some sort of merch or like lemonade stand. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where they're selling those adult beverages. Also, this guitar breaks my uh, my art rules for guitars. If you wore this guitar, not only that would that art not be right side up for the audience to view it it would be com- completely upside down well you would be able to read it as the player oh it's for the player so you yeah. know where you are how tall would i need to be to play a 36 oh guitar? there's some fun math for you steve uh let's assume a guitar 30, 36 feet long let's assume well, a guitar is two-thirds my body length so you would need to be 48 feet tall that's pretty tall i think no two-thirds uh, 18, 18. No, because if you 50, went, you if need you to be 54 feet that, tall. You went and stood next to that guitar right there. It's, it's probably about, about what 30. It's probably about I, half. 36 inches it's about, long yeah, it's in total. About half of your tallness. You yeah. think so? Mm-hmm. I guess it does look about. So you would need to be about uh 72, 72 feet tall. We did math at the same yeah. speed, Steve. Wow. That means I'm just as smart as you. No, I mean, and no, you're just as I mean, I mean, you're just as smart as me. Yeah, that's there. We go. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> I think I've been. I think I've been drinking a lot more than you too. So, oh, that. I'm completely drunk. That was me doing math. Completely drunk. Uh, all right, Steve. all right. Uh, I how, did it very much, fast. Drunk. How much would you pay for this? <laughs> that's a good question. There's no price listed uh, here in the screen grab that we have. Uh, I, I can't imagine a home use for this No rig. This is definitely like someone who puts on events would buy this. or I someone... put on events. Do you want this? No. Okay. Oh, you know what You know what would be great? If, if you had a guitar shop and you put this on your roof. There you go. Until it rots away from exposure. Or you, know, you know what would be great? You'd have to repaint it. You wouldn't want it to say hard rock, and you'd want the art to be right side up. <laughs> There we go. I don't think it's loud enough. <laughs> D-E-V-O. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks to Co for hanging out with us. You're welcome. Uh, this week's song is sent by Kate Jacob. She says, I'm sending this in for you guys to hopefully play. I hope it's 30 minutes of static. It's the product of me writing slash playing slash recording in my basement, so the quality is incredible, but it's not too bad. Uh, if you want to hear more from Kate Jacobs, it's cake at jobs.bandcamp.com. There, of course, will be a link in the uh, show description. So uh, thank you, Kate, for sending in a song. Uh, again, thank you, Co. Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for doing the editing work that I don't really want to do. Uh, hope you guys all yeah. have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Hey, go check out uh, the One Day Guitar Show if you're inside of Tracy. Yep, or our Instagram account. Later, guys.
Everything I know is changing The world is never standing still The constant cosmic rearranging How insignificant it makes you feel Back in so 